0: The Fields of Home by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1953, Chapter 28, A Holy Place. Uh, seeing that word, Lord, the word holy, you alone are holy, 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 our mighty God, who was and is and is to come. We uh, ask you to move in our family, Lord, encourage the offspring that you have given uh, through um, us to uh, encourage us to walk in obedience to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It wasn't until after I'd finished milking that I told grandfather what Annie had said about the milk, the mill payrolls. He was slicing pork for supper, but he dropped the knife and said, tell me that again, Ralph. Tell me that again, Ralphie. I was starting to strain the milk when I told him the second time, but he stopped me. Let be, let be, he snapped. Why in time and tarnation didn't you tell me first off when I come home? Leave that Toronto milk bee and get the harness back on Old Nell. Time flies. <laughs> well, won't the mill offices be closed this late at night, I asked? Didn't, they, didn't say they wouldn't, did I? Don't calculate on fritting away half the morning to get in the wagon loaded. The butter wrapped and ready. How many apples did you pick? Nine bushels, I told them. And there were 54 pounds of butter. It's good on your head, Ralphie. Good on your head, grandfather sang out as he snatched for his hat. How in thunderation did you ever do so much? Gory sakes ought to fetch an eye on to a twenty dollar bill. By fire, Ralphie, I and you is going to onto the butter business. Gory, won't Millie's eyes pop out without pop out winced she sees the way we're going. Get your hoss, get your hoss, calculate on having the wagon all loaded and ready afore we set down to our victuals. All the way up through the orchard while we were loading the apples and on the way back to the barn, grandfather kept talking about Millie and the butter. After I'd put old Nell in her stall, I expected that we'd go to the house, but he didn't seem to want to. For a minute or two, he stood by the spring wagon, holding the lantern up to the basket of apples and looking at them. Then he set the lantern down, took an apple in his hand, and as he rubbed it slowly said, Don't calculate you know it, Ralphie. But Millie's been on my mind a heap of late. Being as she ain't wed already, don't calculate she ever will. Was I to live as long as grandfather lived, she'd have a home here for a long spell to come. But the workings of the Almighty is mysterious. Ain't no prophesying what the years will fetch. Might come about she'd need a dollar put by for a rainy day. I've been calculating that after the provender money was took out. I and you would share and share alike on the butter business, Ralphie, but as grandfather hesitated, I said, I think Millie ought to have a share. Taking care of the milk and making the butter is about as much work as taking care of the cows and milking. Grandfather didn't look up, but kept on rubbing the apple and said, "Supposing we say there were 10 parts to it, five for the provender, two for you, two for me, and one for Millie. How'd that strike you, Ralphie? Of course, I'd still pay Millie her $2 a week wages, and I'd calculate on you sharing in the crops that come from the dressing. That would strike me fine, I told him, and I think you'd better have some supper and get to bed if you're going to make an early start in the morning. Gory sakes, gory sakes, victuals like to have slipped my mind, grandfather said quickly, and started for the house. By fire, ain't it going to be nice having Millie home again and no victuals to fret about? He walked along with his head down his hands behind him till we reached the summer kitchen doorway then he lifted his head quickly said don't calculate i'm hungry calculate i'll go off to bed so as to make a powerful early start come morning it took me till nearly midnight to take care of the milk fix myself some some supper and wrap the butter in the morning grandfather had to come to my room and shake me before i woke up it was still dark and the chimney of the lamp he carried was so smoked that i could only see his outline against its dim light it was on the fire, Ralphie, grandfather said as he rocked my shoulder back and forth. Daylight is fast to comin', and I calculate to be on the road before sunup. Give old Nell an extra quarter of the provender and put the nose bag in the wagon. Grandfather was dishing up the oatmeal when I came down the, to the kitchen. He had his new suit on and had trimmed his beard. There were steps in it so that his chin looked as if it had been newly shingled. Stir your stivers. Stir your stivers, Ralphie, he said while I was lighting the lantern. Victuals is on the table, and time flies. Did you say the butter was wrapped and ready? Grandfather could get along with less to eat than anyone I ever knew. He'd gone to bed without a bite of supper, and he only ate a few mouthfuls of oatmeal for breakfast. I wasn't surprised that he wanted me to eat as fast as he did, but I was surprised at his snapping. Let be, let be, when I started to go down cellar for the butter. Get to your torus Get your chores before half the morning is wasted away, he told me. Then he went into his room and shut the door. Whenever Grandfather had made an early start before, he always wanted me to get everything ready, and I'd always stood by the doorstone and, as he drove out of the road, called after him to have a good trip. I couldn't imagine why he was so anxious for me to get at my chores that morning. It wasn't daylight yet, and before, I'd always left the chores until after he was gone. I was still wondering about it when I went back to the barn, harnessed old Nell, hitched her to the wagon, and led her up to the doorstone. There wasn't a sound from grandfather's room when I went to the sink for the swill pails, and Nell was still standing by the summer kitchen door when I went into this tie-up to milk. I'd milked one cow and started on another when I heard the sound of hammering. I thought one of the butter boxes had pulled apart or that there might be something broken about the wagon, so I went to see if grandfather needed any help. It was nearly daylight. But there was a yellow glow from the carriage house doorway, and the hammering sound came from that direction. I went across the yard to the doorway and looked in. At the far end of the room, beyond the forge, grandfather was kneeling in the circle of light from a lantern. His back was toward me, and I started to go toward him, but stopped and tiptoed out when I saw what he was doing. He had the broken screen door laid out and was nailing boards across the bottom of it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. After I'd gone back to the tie-up, I heard hammering again that seemed to come from the direction of the house. I didn't go out, but listened closely. A few minutes after the hammering stopped, I heard Grandpa shout, Get up, Get up, now! And there was a rattle of wheels on the stones in the driveway. When I took the milk to the house, the screen door was back on the summer kitchen. It sagged crookedly from the hinges, and instead of the sapling, there was a, torn, uh, a turn button to hold it closed. There wasn't much fun in ha- hauling rocks off the high field, now that I'd heard Grandfather tell Mr. Swale he was going to plant it back to Timothy Hay. I didn't loaf, and I kept at it all day, but I didn't hurry as much as I had before. It was late when Grandfather came home. I had the evening chores finished, had taken care of the milk, and was sitting on the doorstone with Old Bess when he drove into the dooryard. He didn't really drive. He just sat hunched down on the seat. Nell was walking slowly, her head was down, and the reins were hanging loosely. and Grandfather's hands were folded in his lap. He looked as if he were asleep, and he hardly roused when I went to meet him. All I could think of to say was, Well, i got quite a few stones hauled today. Grandfather's head came up a little, but I don't think he heard. He just looked down at me and said in a tired voice, Shane, nowhere to be found, Ralphie. Then he climbed down over the wheel and walked slowly toward the house. There was nothing I could think of to say. As I unhitched Nell from the wagon, I watched him go, as though he didn't care whether or not he ever got there. When he reached the screen door, he opened it carefully, went in, and closed it gently behind him. I watered Nell, put her in her stall, and fed her. Grandfather hadn't lighted a lamp, and when I went into the house, he was sitting at the kitchen table, his hat was still on, and his face was resting in his hands. He heard me, but he didn't move, and his voice was hardly more than a whisper when he said, Ralphie, she ain't to be found nowhere I'd been to every meal in both Lewiston and Auburn. She ain't there, and she ain't been there. Grandfather often put his hand on my shoulder, but I had never put mine on his. That night, I couldn't help it. I stood beside his chair, and though I didn't more than half believe it, I said, don't worry, don't you worry. Nellie will come back by and by. This is her home, and she loves it the same way you and I do. Grandfather didn't move his head, but one hand came up and rested over mine. His voice was quavery, but there was warmth. "'almost joy in it. "'You do love it, don't you, Ralphie? "'I've seen it, Ralphie. "'I've seen it as soon as ever you come home from Boston the last time. "'Your roots was reaching down into the soil you sprung from. "'I and you be a-going to fetch it back to fertile fields again. "'Sure we are. "'Sure we are,' I told him, "'as his rough old hand patted up and down on mine. "'The moon had risen, and as a cloud moved from its face, "'moonlight poured through the uh, east kitchen windows, in a soft, warm flood. The curtain was half drawn so that I stood in the shadow, but the full richness of the light reached into the darkness of the room and spread around Grandfather. His head raised slowly and his turn, he turned his face toward the window. For several minutes we were quiet. His hand stopped moving and lay still on mine. Then, in a voice that was almost as soft as the moonlight, he asked, Ralphie, did Millie ever mention to you liking Airy Man? No, I said, she certainly didn't like the one that helped us that day in hang." Curious Curious, grandfather said, after another minute or two. She'd be nigh unto twenty nine. To 29. He didn't move his hand from mine, but spread the other and drew it slowly down across his face, almost as though he were trying to wipe something away. I ain't been square with her, he said at last. I've been selfish, Ralphie. I've been scared some day there'd be one of them to toll her away from home. I ain't let no young one stay hereabouts. Oh, I don't think Millie cares about men, I said. Tain't nature. Tain't nature, Ralphie, he whispered. You wouldn't know yet. You ain't old enough. There's a day comes when a man hankers for a woman to hold in his arms, and a woman hankers to be held. Every woman, it's in nature. The Almighty planned it so, Ralphie, and Millie's come to be a full-blown woman. I don't know how long I stood there with my hand on grandfather's shoulder. I forgot all about being there. Instead, I was remembering the day Annie had first sat with me on the stone outcropping. I think I know, I said. There'll come a day you will, Grandfather whispered, and still looked away toward the low-rising moon. After a while, I said, You're awfully tired, aren't you? What would you like me to fix you for supper? I think I can make an omelet. Ain't hungry for victuals, Grandfather says slowly. Calculate, I better go to bed. Still, he didn't make any move to go. I slipped my hand out from under his... Went to the pantry and took a glass and the bottle from the cupboard when i came back grandfather hadn't moved from the table by the moonlight i measured out a spoonful of the whiskey stirred in sugar filled the glass with water from the tea kettle it was barely warm the middle of the fragrance rose from the liquor and i wasn't sure grandfather would take it i set it down in front of him and his hand reached out for it almost eagerly a cloud drifted across the face of the moon and as if a door were closed the kitten became the kitchen became dark Grandfather's chair slid back, and I felt rather than heard him get up from the table. I was afraid he might stumble, and reached under an arm out toward him as I stepped forward. As I touched him, he was turning toward the south window. The sofa was only a foot or two in front of him, and I caught his arm so he wouldn't bump against it. You needn't to mind, Ralphie," he said. "There ain't a fee or a rock or a, a sophie or a rock or a tree on the old place. I couldn't find when I was stone blind. Just let me sit a minute and drink the medicine." I do be a little weary. On the high field, at the top of the orchard, a patch of moonlight lay golden in the blackness. We both must have seen it at the same moment. Mark, Grandfather said. Glory be the finger of the Almighty, Ralphie. Slowly, as the clouds moved, this bright spot on the hilltop widened and grew. Stone walls traced their lines across it. Deep shadows of the orchard trees dotted it here and there. As it spread, the whole picture was framed in the dark fringe of the pine woods. As slowly as the moonlight swelled, I realized Grandfather was whispering. The sound was hardly more than a light breeze makes in a field of ripened grain. I bent my head closer to him. and could just make out the familiar words, Hallowed be thy name. I felt as almost as though I had broken into a holy place and moved far enough away that the sound was only the breathing of air through his beard. But in my, in my mind, I followed the words of the prayer. When it ended, Grandfather said aloud, "Here, Ralphie, here, dump it into the swill pail. Don't need no medicine tonight. Calculate, I'll go to bed." That is interesting. Very good, very good chapter. Of grandfather's love for and zeal to go find Millie and his disappointment, but Ralph's uh, empathy and love for his grandfather. I love you guys.